Hello, and welcome to Teacher Tales, a podcast from the spirit of teaching. This is your host, Linda Markley, and I invite you to join me and my guests as we get curious, explore, discover, and learn more about what is really at the heart of teaching. In each episode, we will hear the story of a teacher, what called them to teach, what are their greatest joys and challenges in teaching, what inspires them, and what are their hopes, dreams, and vision for the education of children. We will learn more about the greatest lessons they have taught and also the greatest lessons they have learned. No checklists, no standards, no reports, no paperwork, and no data. Just stories from their hearts to our hearts on a journey to celebrate what really matters in the true spirit of teaching. Hello everyone and welcome to Teacher Tales. I have a very special guest today. We've had some from Georgia before and uh, this young man is from Georgia as well, but he is from even farther away than Georgia. I think you're going to be fascinated and intrigued by where he is from and why he is a teacher here and his whole career path and his life. So I'd like to welcome Allah and I'd like for him to tell us a little bit about himself. So welcome. Thank you, Linda, for this beautiful introduction. Hello, everyone, and marhaba in Arabic. My name is Ala Hidib. Uh, I am an Arabic teacher at uh, one of the public schools in Clayton County here in Georgia. However, I am originally from Palestine, uh, from Ramallah City. Uh, and for those who do not know Palestine, it is where Jesus was born. <laughs> uh, and I taught there back home in Palestine for almost uh, 11 years. I taught high school students uh, English as a second language. Uh, and when I came here to the States in 2016, I started teaching uh, Arabic as a second language for all levels. That's wonderful to hear that there is the offering of Arabic in Clayton County, Georgia. Kudos Correct. and woohoo to Clayton <laughs> County, Georgia. Shout out. That is Yahoo. marvelous. Yes, yes. So you taught in Palestine before you uh, taught here. So you want to tell us a little bit about your journey uh, and transition there, why you became a teacher, and then why you decided to come here to the U.S.? Well, Linda, I have a great story, which now, you know, brought back some great memories. When I was in the middle school, I, uh, my only, my only hard class that I really you know, it was a challenge for me was the English. I used to fail English all the time. And, uh, you know, when I get to my seventh grade, there was that teacher. She was an English teacher. She came to the school. She was a new teacher again. And when she came to the school, she, um, I didn't know what kind of connection that I had with that great teacher. She asked me, um, if, uh, why am I failing in English? What, what kind, like what kind of English or what part of English that I do not understand? And I told her, I don't know. I just feel, uh, not confident to, uh, to speak or even to, uh, try to speak English or even to write English. So because of her, um, 
you know, generosity in showing her, um, you know, um, interest in me. I felt special. Year after year, I started getting A's in her classes. Okay, so this is the story. Just let's let's put it on the side. When I graduate from high school, my dad and my family, you know, I'm from the Middle East, so they have expectations in me. And I got maybe number, I got number three in the whole district when I, uh, in my uh, SATs. Uh, so they expect me to study engineering or medicine. So, and I really was happy to go, uh, you know, to the scientific stream. So I took, um, you know, I, I applied for uh, computer engineering. Unfortunately, I kept failing and failing and failing in that field. So then I decided to study English as a second language. And I started to, you know, to be uh, better in grades. And I graduated from Birzeit University with a BA in English literature and translation. And when I started my uh, journey as a teacher in Palestine, my the image of that teacher was in my head all the time. And I was like, wow, what a twist. I mean, it's a good twist because I never thought I'm gonna be a teacher. And I ended up as a teacher and I teach, I taught English the same way that my inspiring teacher used to teach me. <laughs> so I was like, wow, what a great connection. Uh, yeah, so I taught English uh, in, in high schools uh, for, as I said before or at the beginning, for 11 years, my, um, to be honest, my uh, experience back home was of course great. Uh, there, uh, there was a lot of respect from the students towards me because again, this is the expectations. Teachers are number one in the society. I know that although we don't have the great salaries, but still the, the, uh, the appreciation and the respect was great and I was happy there. But unfortunately the teaching method was very traditional. So long story short, um, I decided to move to the States where my uh, wife, or actually ex-wife, um, she is from uh, New York. So we met in Palestine uh, where she used to teach. And, um, you know, we came here, migrated here to, in 2016. Uh, then I started my, my uh, you know, my work life in the States as in a gas station first. Then I started giving private classes in the second year. The third year, I found a part-time job as an Arabic teacher. And in the fourth year, I found a full-time job in Clayton County. And now I'm the fifth year here as an Arabic teacher. And uh, to be honest with you, yes, I taught a lot about language, about even culture, about things that my students never heard of. But honestly, I learned a lot from them as well. This is a new environment for me, new culture. I have, like they even opened my eyes to new things, to accept, to accepting new things as well. It was like a mutual benefit, you know, between me and my students. That's why I'm enjoying teaching uh, my students here in, in, in the States and specifically in Georgia, because, um, you know, coming again, coming from Middle Eastern uh, 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 culture, I expected my students to like to respect me. It's like granted, not to earn the respect, but 
they taught me how to earn respect and how to get to 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 share it with others you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah this is like uh in short um you know i'm i'm, I'm happy and I, i feel like i'm privileged to be uh to teach or to to provide the students with my knowledge that i have that is such a beautiful perspective that you believe in you know wholeheartedly that your students taught you how to respect them and that that is so beautiful i mean i don't even have the words to express it because that's what we're really all doing in life is trying to respect each other and you have to come to the table come to you know meet someone with that expectation that they are going to teach you something and you can learn something from them that you know i guess maybe it's humility but with students a lot of times we think that it's an automatic thing and that um it doesn't have to be reciprocal so that True. is i love the way that you put that and Thank what you. so what else did they teach you because um i hear that you love that your students taught you things and that you developed these you know very uh lovely relationships with them so do you have an like an example of something that they taught you well first of all they taught me the american accents <laughs> the southern accent that i never That's a great place to learn them in georgia <laughs> <laughs> and okay you know what to linda that the amazing thing that they taught me is the language itself because i uh, yes i learned and i graduated as an english you know teacher but i never practiced it very well because we speak arabic back home mm-hmm. and we 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 rarely have you know english speakers there so i don't even have to use the english there my english in the first year here in the states it wasn't that great now i i'm not saying i'm a native speaker but i think i could communicate so effectively and the reason was or is still is me because my communication with my students i have to use the language and they are using of course english so that's why i told you it's like a mutual benefit i'm teaching teaching them their language uh, sorry my language and they are teaching me their language and actually i feel so much better this is the first thing the second thing about their history you know it's a multicultural country and i have a multicultural uh, class coming from multicultural uh, backgrounds and learning about for example hispanics and about the african american and about like uh, uh, asian uh, uh, history or even culture i'm learning through them because i did not i don't have um you know the uh the communities here that i go and visit and talk and learn my my only community is the school and because i'm doing my masters degree so i spend most of my time at home and the only exposure for this great cultures uh is only through uh my students so it's like an ongoing uh a learning from my side and from theirs as well mm-hmm. did they teach you all the slang and all of the like the all the slang and cultural references and everything um like we try to do with them do you find them like trying to teach you the way that you teach them sometimes well um let's say it's i'm 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 not like i'm learning through our communication like they are not like directly teach me stuff unless i ask questions because of course i'm curious so uh for example like hey y'all i was like 
<laughs> I was like, what's hey y'all? I mean, like, uh, we, were, we had this, you know, test like, okay, Mr. Hadeep, so what does, do you know what y'all mean? I was like, no, of course. You mean like yell to scream? They said, no, these are laughing. That's why I decided to have Fridays, is it's called cultural inter, interconnect, sorry, inter, intercultural uh, uh, class. Mm-hmm. So where they teach me something, half of the class, and I teach them something. Of course, basically, it was mostly about culture, not words, not language. It's about mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Why, why they are, their names like this? Uh, why is, for example, what is like hip hop music, for example, because I, know, I haven't been exposed to such a music. And why we, are, uh, for example, food. Um, what they told me, I forgot to be honest with you. Like that was a lot, so I cannot think about grits. <laughs> you probably yes. didn't know what grits. I never were. used. I never <laughs> ate ate it before. And one of the students, she brought me some grits with her, and unfortunately, I did not like it. But we still laughing. I was like, "What's that? I didn't like grits." <laughs> they were laughing. So see, it, this is nice. Like we are very genuine. Mm-hmm. We are learning how to be genuine. If I don't like it. Okay, I don't like it, but we say it in a fun way. We laugh about it. Like I had one student once, we made a salad through Zoom and uh, he was like, oh, I don't like it, Mr. Hadib. I was like, you know what? Don't eat it. <laughs> don't eat it. You don't have to, but at least you know how to make it. And you know how we say it in Arabic. So yeah, this is again, they, they, they gave me this, uh, this knowledge, or not even knowledge that, they taught me how to be, again, genuine with them without hurting their feelings or without me thinking, okay, I don't, I don't want to say this or I don't want to say that because I don't want to hurt them. No, they accept my comments and I accept their comments as well. Again, going back to the Middle Eastern cu- uh, culture, like students, like they respect the teacher to where they say yes for everything. And honestly, I was expecting the students here to say yes to me for everything. And that's why the first semester was not my most successful semester ever. (laughs) We had troubles (laughs) and, you know, we have some kind of misunderstandings, some kind of miscommunication. And now I was like, whoa, it's a big jump from the first semester till until today. Today was like, uh, this semester is my fourth semester with them. So it's amazing. You made a a lot of great points there, but I just want to talk about a couple of them. So uh, expecting them uh, to say yes to whatever, you know, I think a lot of teachers do that. New teachers come in and they're like, I have the rules and (laughs) I've told them the rules. And so, yes, they're going to do the rules and they're not going to break them or not, not going to be rebels. And it quickly unravels from there. So that's, uh, and, and the microcosm of humanity that you just expressed in your classroom of give and take. And it's a microcosm of life that we're all teachers and we're all, we're all learners. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. We all have something to share and teach another. And we have something to learn from someone else. Always. I, I love how you just put it all together in yes. your own words. Yes, I agree. Yes, it okay. is. And, and I think sometimes in the classroom, um, teachers can forget that 
and they feel, I had someone tell me one time that they're, and it's cultural. Sometimes it's a cultural stereotype, like, you know, the Charlie Brown teacher of the wah, 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 you know, so the stereotype of, I had someone tell me, well, you know, teachers just stand on their pedestal and look down on their students. That was Mm -hmm. his perception of a teacher. And I was also on a webinar not too long ago that um, the person was trying to conjure up a, uh, an image of something that she was trying to resist and was afraid of. And she conjured up like a really, she used these words, like a really mean, strict teacher with a ruler. And she's like tapping it in her hand. And I thought that stereotype needs to go away and uh, we need to be more open and more respectful of each other in the classroom but outside in our communities and out even further out into the world Um, and so that's the beauty of teaching language is that we can really focus on that and try to bring that home but I think in any classroom and any interaction between a teacher and a student that that's what we should be striving for um, is, is that sort of a relationship and that sort of a culture in the classroom, but also interculturality in the classroom that you were so beautifully describing. Yes, so, that. Yeah, I agree with you totally. And I want to add, sorry if I interrupted you, but I want to add one more thing. I don't want to sound I'm the perfect teacher because I was that teacher who was too strict with the ruler in his hand. That's why I'm saying um, I had this jump during the last uh, two years, the jump of being, you know, f- from being uh, very strict with a ruler, not here, it's metaphorically speaking, <laughs> don't get me wrong now, <laughs> <laughs> from a teacher who's ha- who, who has a ruler for a teacher who gives maybe 80% of the time uh, for the students to speak and to express and to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 To be seen and to be heard. That's as human beings, all we want is to be seen, to be heard and to be understood. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what you're giving them. That's a great gift. And it, it gives back to you in that they're more open, they're more receptive, and you can take them on their learning journey a lot farther and a lot deeper. Uh, Totally agree. Yes. Yes. So what what do you struggle with in the classroom? Do you, are there any things that you find challenging? Were there some differences besides like students saying yes and you know respect being a given you know in your country but not necessarily here? Anything else that's challenging or you would like to talk about uh, differences in the the systems or? Oh yes, definitely. Um... You know, Linda, definitely the systems is so much um, different. And I, I always share this with my colleagues. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be um, talking about, you know, I don't want to be like talking about differences or similarities. I want to just say that I wish education is different here. I wish especially, especially for the word language education. I feel uh, okay, I have only one experience in public schools, okay? So I, I'm not going to be generalizing everything, 
but I could hear from here and there, for especially from more language uh, educators, that our classes and our, our, the language languages in general are not taken seriously from the uh, you know from school districts, and therefore the students are not taking our classes seriously. For example, my class is offered semester by semester. What I mean by this is my students who, who take my class semester in the first semester, the second semester, I have different uh, students. So they need to take one semester in my class and that's it. And it's a base, uh, pass or fail. So most of the students are forced to take my class and some students start the, the Arabic course by you know, saying, oh, I did not choose that class. Uh, I don't wanna be in that class. Yeah, maybe eventually they will like it because I'm trying to give them you know, as, as um, many interactive activities as possible, <clears throat> excuse me. But still, like when they come to the language classes, their perception is I'm gonna pass it. It's not because I'm gonna enjoy it. It's not because, oh yeah, it's new thing. I wanna learn something new. Let me enjoy it, you know? No, they come just to pass that class to get the credit. Like I wish we could do something to make our students, to make our school districts uh, uh, look at languages that it's a great opportunity to grow, uh, you know, culturally, socially, uh, even politically, because when you learn a language, you learn its culture. When you learn its culture, you learn learn its history. When you learn its history, you learn its uh, you learn its politics, and you become more, uh, you know, knowledgeable and more educated and culture in a society that sometimes um, put you in a place where you feel sometimes lost. What can I do? Because I, I mentioned before, America it's a multicultural country you could meet a lot of, uh, you know, ethnicities. And like me, for example, when I came to the States, I could not even know how to greet because back home, when we see somebody, we shake hands and we give uh, two kisses on the cheeks, like men together, they kiss each other on the cheek. When I came here, <laughs> I tried, <laughs> I almost tried this and somebody stopped me, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just greeting you. And somebody taught me that you cannot, uh, you know, kiss a man here, like on the cheeks. So, you know, small things like these make students and or also, again, human beings avoid these embarrassing moments. And how are you going to learn that through word language languages? So, yes. yeah, I wish just to take us more seriously. I yes. don't know. I'm not again. I'm not generalizing. I'm talking about my own and personal experiences. No, I think it's been a struggle for world languages th throughout, you know, the history and edu of education in the United States, and it it's ebbed and flowed over the years, depending on you know needs for national security or um, funding, and you know whether the government's backing it or not. I mean, there are lots of different reasons why, but. I think, you know, everyone would wholeheartedly agree that uh, at least world language teachers that there needs to be more support, more, um, we shouldn't be having to sell our programs all the time. Yeah. We should have the support and it should be considered a core subject, just like any of the other subjects. No one yes. should be forced to take it, but 
um, it should be respected just like, you know, all of the other stakeholders in education want is to be respected. Like we talked about earlier, the teachers, the students, you know, the janitor in the school, the administrators, the people at the district, we all deserve respect. You know, if we lose that respect through our actions and our words, that's on us, but we deserve respect to begin with. And you can teach that in a language class and open up hearts and minds. You put it beautifully, the connection from the culture and then the history and then the political, you know, uh, situation. I, I grew up in a small town in a very um, limited perspective on the world, never traveled or anything. And when I started taking languages and my eyes and my heart were open to differences around the world, and I was a word you used earlier, very poignant, very important in education, and that's curious, I became very curious. And I was so intrigued by uh, the differences and the similarities. And just like you said with your students, where you learned more about your about English and about your own language and vice versa for them, I learned more about my own culture and how to look at it, the lenses that I would look at it through um, by looking at other cultures and other people and learning from them. So it, it should be valued more and it should be part of the core curriculum. So yes, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. This is, this is like, it's you know why I'm saying this because I feel it's like, come on! I always say that America is still the land of opportunities. It's still the land of opportunities, and that's why I'm saying this because I feel if we focus on education in general and specifically in world languages, our generation, our sorry, our future generation, come on, our students are really they are the future. We are now we are like in the present, yes, but the 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 the, the students are our future and we really really need like cultured students more than educated students we need both of them of course but we need also to for our students to be more cultured because so they can know how to deal with you know with 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 the surroundings right mm -hmm. yeah because you learn more about yourself like i said i i saw my, and that's how i would approach class with the kids is here you are in the center and you can go inside yourself and see who you are, but let's then make a connection and go outside of you and see how, you know, how do you fit into your family? Mm. You know, what are the products, practices, and perspectives in your family, in your community, in your state, in your country, in the world? And the kids love that. Kids really do love that. They love looking at the world through different perspectives. Yeah. And it opens again their minds and their hearts. So I know Kim um, from Free the Mind, I guess Co. I don't know they call it Correct. company. Yes, Co. Free <laughs> the Co. Mind Co. Um, and, uh, you know, her books about Freddie and social emotional learning. And you, you did some translating of some of those books and everything. But she nominated you to be a guest. And I'm very grateful to her. Uh, for doing that. And she said that your commitment to students is tremendous. You have uh, uh, an amazing amount of integrity and work ethic, and it's beyond professional. So how do you, what kinds of things do you do to, 
to merit or to have someone recognize your commitment and your integrity and your work ethic? Well, first of all, this is sweet for both of you. <laughs> well, you again, you make me feel like I am a perfect teacher, but I'm not. <laughs> we all like, come on, we all educators. We do our best uh, to be, uh, you know, to be an example for again for the the students. It's because something inside of us is, um, um, you know, um, you know, something. It's like something like uh, from the inside. It motivates you to be, you know, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know. Like the moment I become a teacher, I feel like I have these duties that no one told me about. Something by nature, maybe. I don't know. Um, what I'm doing to keep this integrity and um, it's a good question. I never even thought about it, to be honest with you. But I could say that uh, maybe what the world that we are living in is, you know, going through a lot of difficulties, especially recently and maybe even before. So I have more empathy towards students when I hear their stories. For example, there is, you know, I have few students who shared some personal stories with me and I start thinking, I was like, oh my God, these stories, maybe, you know, maybe all of my students have similar stories and they don't want to share with me because maybe they feel like they want to be private. And, 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 and this increasing uh, sympathy inside of me towards, you know, these uh, students make me feel like I have to be more understanding, less, um, maybe less strict, and to create some kind of emotional connection between me and my students, and which results in having mutual respect. And uh, as a result, I feel like I am... Um, let's say more, um, I have more uh, duties and more responsibilities to keep, um, you know, the level of education and of the level of our, our relationship becoming better and better. And of course, when you have a great relationship with your teacher, you give more and you receive more from the students, right, Linda? Yes. So you have to keep it, you know, going. And sometimes I'm telling you, sometimes I lose my mind. <laughs> I was like, I, I had enough guys, but trust me, count till 10 and Mr. Hadib will come back and start laughing. And in fact, I had one student who said, Mr. Hadib, I want to tell you something. And I told her what? She told me, but don't get offended. I was like, you know me by now. I know I accept any word, but I hope it's going to be respectful. She said, well, I feel like you are sometimes have two different personalities. I was like, do you think I'm bipolar then? She said, no, but sometimes when you get, you know, you get mad, you don't speak, you don't laugh. You have this angry face. Then after five minutes or even less, you start laughing with us and saying, sorry. I was like, because we are human beings yeah. and I feel here safe with you. And I want you to feel safe with me to express your feelings. So, you know, this emotional relationship, I don't know if we call it emotional relationship is the correct uh, term, but this, these mutual emotions and having this, uh, you know, uh, unique relationship with students make me feel like I have to give more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, yeah. I think this yeah. is how I, you know, keep going in, in my classroom. It's, you know, the, the being a role model, 
teachers are role models. Sometimes teachers are the only ones, you know, that are safe in a child's life or uh, that can model, you know, good choices, good behaviors besides the learning, uh, the curriculum, the content, whatever is supposed to be, you know, to the standard and to the checklist that, that is being handed to the teacher. But my talking to having a long career and having colleagues, a lot of interactions, and also through this podcast, that uh, relationships are key to why teachers are teachers and why they stay teaching. Compassion, the whole thing about compassion, I just did a blog post on it, as far as empathy is, is, you know, great. But I think um, compassion is where what you were saying, I see the humanity in you and you see the humanity in me. And we are going to be authentic and genuine and feel safe here to be human. Yeah. And that's, totally. that is the spirit of teaching for me. And you know what, Linda, here we go. You teach me new words. I put them in my own words and you put them in your own words. And here we go. We are learning from each other. Yes. You taught me the word empathy now. You taught me the word, you know, compassion. So here we go. This is why we are great yes. <laughs> language yes. teachers. We are yes. learning in each second, in each, in each stage of communication. Whoever we are communicating with, we learn. Yes. We learn. We always we learn, learn if we, we listen. Yeah. We have yeah. to listen. We have to listen with our hearts. Yeah. Because if we listen with the intention to respond or to give um, our perspective on things right away, we don't, we don't take in the input. It's like a kid who's trying to talk and the teacher interrupts them all the time and doesn't let them get their thought out. That's one of the, one of the first things you have to learn as a language teacher is they're going to make mistakes. Let them make mistakes. Let them unfold their learning journey on their own. Don't, you know, don't try to jump in every step of the way and correct them. And I, you know, I loved my first Spanish teacher and everything, but she was very old school um, from Spain, native speaker. Um, her whole life was dedicated to teaching and she felt very passionate that that was her, her calling. And she wanted all of us to be great Spanish speakers. But the downside to that was she corrected every mistake that we made in writing and in yeah. speaking. And it shut me down uh, for a long time. And it took a, a lot for me to gain that confidence. And so I see that happening in the classroom sometimes, even in other subject areas where, like what you said earlier, you have the kids have to have sometimes two, three, maybe 10 times to be able to answer you know, to just like figure it out along the way. So, um, so. yes, Linda, and this triggers something to me. I, again, I'm, I'm telling you, and the moment I came to the States and started teaching here, I, again, I've changed. Like I was that traditional teacher who kept talking for 45 minutes and teach, 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 teach for 45 minutes. I barely gave them 10 minutes to talk or to speak. And because this is how I was taught, to be honest with you, coming here, learning from them and learning also from our professional development and you know uh, there is a lot of resources here in the states that's why i love it you know like i learned that like you know the interpret uh, sorry the uh, how we divide the time in our, of our class for example i now i teach uh, 90 minute classes 
20 minutes is for me and the rest 70 minutes is for them and me together. This is how I learned it. That's why I, be, again, I'm becoming better teacher year after year because of the teachers who are teaching here in, 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 in my school. And again, because of my students, because we need to remember our students, they are like most of the time they are smarter than us, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Honestly, they have yes. their own ways to learn. And again, I'm learning from them. Like, for example, one day, I do not know if you know the word gibberish. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I play with them again because I love to implement drama-based activities in my classroom. So I was like, okay, let's play gibberish. Of course, I don't want to go in details about it now, but I taught them the rules. One of my students uh, had a voice app. He changed his voice into like, like an alien voice. To speak the gibberish he was like blah, blah, blah. i was like wow like i was impressed i never even thought about it so again our students are very smart if we give them the time and the space to use this creativity and encourage them sometimes maybe they are you know um, um, get shy sometimes they don't have the confidence to you know step step uh, forward you know when you give the time and the encouragement it's better for them to, you know, to be, to, to encourage them and to give them the time to be creative. It's better than just keep teaching and give them input, input, input all the time. So again, this is one of the things that I learned here in the States and I'm really proud of. I, I love that, that, that he took gibberish and put it in an alien voice because yeah. that is what someone talking in another language sounds like <laughs> gibberish, like an alien language. Yeah. What a, what a genius kid. I'm telling That's you. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, you know, but you're right. Every kid has a special unique quality and gift and talent. And a lot of times teachers are just like treasure hunters. We're just trying to dig down Sometimes it's pretty deep to try to find that little gem, that treasure yeah. that that kid's holding. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, we just have to nurture and encourage them and make it safe for them to offer their gem, you know, to, to the world, you know, to yeah. shine brilliantly in the world. This is our job, Linda. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you were talking about going to PD and stuff like that. So um, I not going to say you're a new teacher because you um, taught in Palestine for 11 years and then came, you've been here for many years and stuff, but what would you say to um, both? You could start with, what would you say to new teachers? What advice would you give them about teaching? But also maybe um, as a new teacher to a new school or a new culture, or because when you change schools, even if you speak the language and you've lived here all your life, there are cultural adjustments to make. Yeah. Like I said about the products, practices, and perspectives in that school culture. And so what kind of um, advice would you give to veteran teachers or um, teachers that you're a newcomer and you're being, you know, brought into this new culture uh, of the classroom or of the school or of the country, you know, it might be a culture like, like yours, different cultures and languages. What, what, what advice would you give them? 
Well, honestly, like, yes. And actually, I, I should say, yes, you are right. Uh, you should say that I am new because it's only two years. And I, I still, I think I believe like I am new teacher because I'm, I'm still learning. But the first thing, and it was also, it's a mistake from my side. I did not do it. So that's why I want to give this advice is to learn the demographics of the school you're going to. And to have in mind that we you are going to face some kind of maybe misunderstandings and misconceptions. So it's better just, you know, instead of reacting quickly, just try to understand that the base of any misunderstanding is basically because of the culture. It's cultural concepts, maybe cultural practices or perspectives. So this is number one. Uh, for language teachers, for new language teachers, I feel that the first, especially the first week, like, okay, again, my first semester was not the greatest because it was all about rules. It's all about me. It's all about my, either to follow my orders or just drop this class. I actually said this literally. <laughs> well, I'm not proud of it. So that's You why... are not the only teacher that has <laughs> words have ever passed their lips. I guarantee you. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, so the next semester... Uh, so I started my class like this. Hello, guys. I want you to treat me like I'm a friend. You are establishing a friendship with me now. You can maybe you can just say, okay, I'm a stranger. I'm not going to be your friend. And I want to establish friendship with you. There are no rules except respect each other. And you, I want you to know that me, my job, the first thing in my, in my list is me to respect you. And it worked, Linda. Like with the moment I said, I said, my first rule is me respecting you. And they were all amazed. And it worked that way since then. Every time, the first class, I, every time I say, I respect you, you can look at the faces. They're just nodding their heads. They're happy about listen, just listening about a teacher saying that I respect you without even knowing them yet. Mm -hmm. So have established this relationship, this interpersonal relationship with your students from day one. Give them time to talk. Let them express what they like, what they don't like, and focus on what they don't like so you can just improve from there. And the most important thing, activities, interactive activities. Let them show their creativity in their own way and do not say this is wrong. We could always say yes and or yes, but like, okay, Linda, you said my name correctly, but I would prefer you if you say it this way. This small phrase, just two words, yes, but, or yes, and. Just use these words with the students because, again, yes, two years is not enough for me to give advice, pieces of advice. But trust me, like the first semester, I'm not going to go into in details, but I, I faced a lot of challenges. And these that's why I'm just providing, you know, these uh, very humble uh, pieces of advice. So, yeah, I think it's just, again, when, when you love the teacher, right, the student or whoever is learning becomes better in education and better as a human being because they spend from eight till three with us, like most of their days. Like we are not even teaching them like subjects or contents. We are teaching them life skills and how to communicate. So we, have, we are the, the, the role models actually. Yeah. And then you go to, to house and there they are, they implement everything they learn from school. 
so yeah it's like a life cycle i think i love that it's like a life cycle oh, yeah. that's beautiful <laughs> thanks so we're going to wrap this up with just a fill in the blanks. There's no right or wrong answer. This is just what do you think? Okay. All what, right. What do you think? Okay. Yeah. All right. Teaching is. Uh, do I have to say one word or phrases? It, it can be phrases. Oh, okay. A life skill. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. My students are that my students are um, my students are Linda, you're making it so difficult. <laughs> okay, my students are hmm, are the catalyst of uh, my teaching uh, skills. Beautiful. If this, if this makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. What I want the world to know about teaching is that we make a difference in this world. Here, 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 here. All we have to do is rewind to March of 2020 when the world fell apart with the pandemic and um, teachers kind of came and started gluing things back together through learning skills at the last minute of how to deliver through virtual teaching and standing in parking lots and getting laptops to kids so they could connect. Yes. yes. And plus going back when I was in the seventh grade, which is, I don't know how many, 20 years ago. Yeah. My teacher, my English teacher, I was feeling in, in all the time in English. And when she just, you know, reached out, reached her hand out to me, I started going up and she changed my life to what I graduated and I became like her English teacher back home. So yeah, we make a difference, but, but sometimes we don't realize that un until like long time, you know, later. And I got an email uh, before I talked to you from a student. She's uh, checking uh, on me because she heard some news about my country and she just checked on me with an email. She said, oh, Mr. Hidib, I remember that you were uh, from Palestine and I want, I just Googled it and I, I just, you enriched me about this country and about that language and I feel I want to just send you my uh, prayers so this is amazing like I taught her about the country or in the language and she was you know um, trying to show her sympathy towards me and just check on me also I have another student send me an email saying that he watched a movie like you know a week ago and he said like he was able to recognize some words although he he forgot the meaning of them so we make, even it was small difference, but we still, we make a difference in this world. We That's do. why we are called teachers. We teach not language. We don't teach math. We don't teach, we teach more than that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. This is your last one. My mm -hmm. greatest hope for all children is. To make the world peace. I wish they could, you know, start from their communities and their societies and you know become you know more local when i say peace it's not like peace in terms of like political peace no to make peace with each other to talk to smile to give genuine smiles to give to listen to each other as you just said to be active listeners and to listen but from our heart not just to listen because we want to just respond 
No, and this is the piece what I mean by peace, because it's being the world is being so busy with other stuff, and it's not denied the social media. We are so involved to where we just sometimes we don't know how to communicate. And honestly, because we are involved in just, you know, just chatting, we don't even use our presentational skills or interpersonal skills anymore. So, I, you know, when, you, when, we, when we just show love, compassion, this is what I mean by peace. So I hope one day we're going to be just, you know, uh, look at each other as, um, as, you know, human beings and become more um, considerate and thoughtful. So I hope so. Well, as a teacher, we can be role models for that. We can change the future. Yep. We can create yep. that peace. So. I definitely agree. This has been wonderful. I thank you so very much. And this is going to be so inspiring and uplifting and just beautiful uh, for people to listen to, whether and, they're a teacher or not. And Linda, I want to thank you. It's not a formal thank you. It's a genuine thank you for not letting only me for giving, a, you know, giving the world uh, the source and resource to listen to our stories and for us to share our stories because we really in need to uh, hear stories of others so we can get inspired and we can get motivated. And the, the fact that you let me talk, you give me motivation without even knowing because I feel now more motivated to give another story in the future for you <laughs> and share it with the world. And you are amazing and easy, uh, um, you know, person to talk to. And I think teachers are the world is blessed to uh, have someone, somebody like you who cares for other teachers. And thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate you. It is my honor. It really is. I just want the world to know what teachers do and for them to share their stories because too often they're shut down they're not listened to and yet they have such a great impact in this world and more people need to to hear their stories and listen yeah thank you, their hearts. Thank you. yeah okay. hello again everyone this is your host linda markley and i'd like to invite you to nominate a teacher to be a guest on the podcast and to share their story all you have to do is go to www.spiritofteaching.org and fill out the nomination form. Again, that's www.spiritofteaching.org. Also, please share, rate, and give some feedback to help us better serve you in the spirit of teaching. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to having you back next time on Teacher Tales.